On this episode of Locked On NHL, we got Seth on the show. Chris is out partying. We're talking about all the fringe teams and all the teams in the wild card coming up. But first, let's play that music. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On NHL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the Thursday edition. I'm Adam Danker from Locked On Lightning. With me today is a new face, a face you've probably not seen on the Thursday edition. Uh, Seth Tuple from Locked On Wild. We subbed out one Western Conference host for another. Chris is out partying. He said, listen, you guys got this one. I have other things that need to be attended to like an uh, office party. But anyway, glad to have you on, Seth. Thanks for jumping on on this episode. We're talking about fringe teams. We're talking about teams that are in it. Can they hold on to the wild card spots? We talk about all that and we wrap up the show with our predictions as we always like to do here on the Thursday edition. But first, I want to Remind everyone that today's episode of Locked On NHL is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Now, before we jump into all our fringe teams, playoff teams, wildcard teams, whatever, the big story all week, Seth, and, and you could weigh on this a little bit more than I can, because like I said before, we hit the record button. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm the expert on the Western Conference. So and you've seen these guys a lot more than I have. The big story all week is obviously uh, Budo out in Vancouver, talk it in. Uh, my initial thoughts with this was why now? You know, maybe back in November, maybe early December of OK, but we're on the verge of hitting February. Vancouver's not anywhere near close to a even on to being a team on the outside looking in i i don't see the reasoning here i i, I think especially for someone that's as well liked as bruce budo uh what are your thoughts on this seth you know i'll i'll use the analogy of it's like firing the boat captain of the titanic with the <laughs> iceberg 50 feet in front of you like i i understand that you know, the coach is the easiest part of the equation to subtract, to try to get a new voice in. And it was kind of looking like this was going to be the case at the beginning of the season to begin with, because you Boudreaux went into the year with just this year on his deal yeah, and was kind of like, you know, it'd be nice to get a little bit of a sense of some job security. Uh, and Canucks management was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about it later. Um, we're not going to do it now. And so you could kind of see the writing on the wall that this was going to happen. It's not a great Canucks roster. They obviously have some high-level talent offensively. Defensively, they are really not great at all. And their goaltending has been very up and down with Thatcher Demko. And, you know, he's hurt. So that is something that doesn't help you. And so... Was it a situation where Boudreaux was going to be fired inevitably? Probably. I think they just waited way too long to do it. If you're going to do it, just do it. Don't yeah. drag it out for two, three weeks and turn it into kind of this walk of the plank for the national audience to see happen 
very publicly. And then it leaked that uh, the Canucks were um, trying to get a deal done with Tockett while Boudreaux was still head coach. And I, I understand that stuff happens, but it didn't need to happen publicly. So it just it felt like a big walk off the uh, off the plank into shark infested waters that none of us needed to see. If you're going to make the move, just do it. And, you know, for Tockett, it's I feel like it's going to get worse before it gets better for this team. And you hope that if you're going into a situation like this, that a new voice can kind of jumpstart this roster of to, hey, we got to play better to uh, to get back into this or we're going to be next. Some of us are going to be traded, but I I think they got to do a lot of work with that roster before things get to where you could say that Vancouver was going in the right direction. Yeah, it, it, it is very much of a head-scratching situation. I like to put on the tinfoil hat and say that this is a carefully planned 40-year revenge plan by Jim Rutherford because <laughs> some might not know, but Bruce Brudeau scored his first NHL goal against Jim Rutherford. So I, I think, I don't know, I that's how I like to look at it. A little bit of a bright side to that, but... Yeah, I mean, I saw some people on Twitter making the case, well, they want to get Tockett in to kind of get familiar with these players, kind of what we saw at Marty St. Louis in Montreal last year, which is my thing is with that, with the trade deadline just around the corner, there's no guarantee some of these guys are even going to be here by the end of the year and going into next year. So I, I think that's a little bit of a lame excuse. But looking towards teams, though, that are, on the fringe, uh, Chris and I have been going over this the last couple of weeks and, and glad to get a different perspective from you this week now, especially since you are the host of a team that of a, of a podcast that covers a team that just got to the outside looking in. Now, what can we say or what can you say in your unbiased opinion, Seth? What is going on with the Minnesota Wild? How dire is the mood or or what is the mood and temperament like of the Minnesota wild right now with, with them seemingly being in the playoff conversation all year. And now you blink your eyes, especially with the avalanche starting to get healthy and bam, you're right now. If the season ends today, you're not, you're not playing in the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's a situation that I have become more and more concerned about because it's a problem that you really can't solve in one direct way, unless you go out and get somebody that can score you a ton of goals. This team just cannot score in five on five situations. They have been able to do so on the power play. They have taken all the empty net goals that they scored last year with the extra attacker. And now they just score shorthanded goals all the time this season, but they can't score in even strength situations. They struggle to possess the puck in even strength situations and short of going and getting a top line guy or a top six guy, which is going to cost you a bunch for a team that does not have salary cap space to add said player into the mix long-term. It's going to be a multi-year process to try to inject some life back into this offense. You have a bunch of guys that regressed, after career seasons last year. And really, short of Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Boldy, and Matt Zuccarello, there aren't a lot of guys that can consistently find the back of the net on this team. And so 
falling out of the playoff picture with a month of February in which the Wild will play 13 games, nine of which are against teams that are either in the playoffs or are firmly in the conversation. The boat is starting to take on some water. And if they don't make it through February relatively clean, this could be to where we are for the first time in a couple of seasons, sellers at the deadline. Yeah, definitely not a good, definitely not a good place to find yourself heading into a, a month like that. Like you said, a tough schedule ahead of the wild. Now for the general NHL fan, should they view this, you know, someone who doesn't have a horse in this race, should they be looking at this race as Minnesota, Nashville, and Calgary? Or should they more just look at this as a four-team race throwing Edmonton in there? You know, that's interesting because you look at the top three in the Central Division, and I think that's pretty solidly set. Dallas has been just a, a wagon all season. They score a ton of goals. They always seem to score first any game they're playing. And it's to the point in the season, more than halfway through, I don't think you, short of some major injuries, should expect to see them drop out of that top three. Winnipeg, a little bit of a different style, more of a defensive goaltending type style than Dallas is bringing to the table. But they've been great all season. So. It's to the point where I think halfway through the season, you can say, yeah, that's probably not a mirage. Uh, that's something that they are going to be able to ride into the postseason. Colorado is the the riser here, and they're doing so without being fully healthy. And at some point, they're going to get all those guys back. And so for them to be able to weather that storm without key guys, without their captain, is huge. Because then when you get those guys back, you're already in playoff position, and now you're just kind of battling for one of those top spots. In the Pacific Division, Seattle may be the biggest surprise in the NHL. They just continue to just not only win, just dominate teams. And so I feel like they're firmly in. Vegas has taken a little bit of a step back over the last handful of games, but I think they have enough equity to where you count them as a division winner. And then the Los Angeles Kings – score a ton of goals. They give up a ton of goals, but I think they have the offense to stick with pretty much anybody in the mix. So then at that point, Edmonton, I feel like they're going to be in the playoffs with McDavid and Dreisaitl. Hard to bet against those two. And so, yeah, I think it does come down to those other teams, Calgary, Minnesota, and I'll put Nashville in there too. I think it does become a race between those three to see who can hold that final wildcard spot. Uh, St. Louis is a mess. They just, every time they get a player back, they lose two more on injured reserve. Yeah. And Bennington has been just Jekyll and Hyde all season. (laughs) So I feel like St. Louis is probably the top level of the teams that just are not going to be able to do it this year. And so I guess that just, that leaves me to be uh, taking a look at the Predators and the Flames as those three teams duking it out to uh, to try to get that final spot. Okay, okay. Well, last question before we we head on to the e, uh, the Eastern Conference. Who are you more worried about, Calgary or Nashville? Calgary. Um, <laughs> Nashville is Nashville. Just from what I've seen this year, everything is just such a struggle. Yeah, and Calgary hasn't played well, but they have 
way more higher end talent than the Predators do. And so if they can simply get those guys to play to the level that they should, they're going to take off. If they go on a run in the last two, three weeks of the season, I think they'll be fine. And so, yeah, I, I think for Nashville, they're going to really have to fight. But Calgary is the one that concerns me more for sure. All right. Well, yeah, definitely the Western Conference wildcard race will be something to for all NHL fans to watch uh, and keep an eye on in the upcoming months as, you know, hopefully, you know, Minnesota could hold on, man. Uh, I, I think they can. They're a very tough team. Uh, the Lightning were, at, were able to play them. The other night, very tough fought game. I like I said to you, I thought the the outcome didn't justify the way that the Wild played. So uh, maybe they could be able to either pick something up for not as much as they would be willing to do away with at the trade deadline, or you know, just maybe some have some sort of a scoring epiphany uh, in the coming weeks and and you know get back into the playoff race. So coming right up, we'll be talking about the fringe teams from the Eastern Conference and then wrapping it up with our predictions with the wild card races uh, in both conferences. But first I want to remind you once again, that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now the NFL playoffs are here. My team, the New York giants are out and Seth's team, the Minnesota wild uh, Minnesota Vikings are also out. Uh, but we're both really excited that our new sports betting partner for locked on because they're the number one sports book in America, and that is FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Now, Seth, believe it or not, the Vikings won me a lot of money earlier this year. <laughs> uh, coming back when they were down 33 nothing at halftime, I hammered the money line on the Vikings. Ooh. Uh, walked away with a good amount of money, and I did that with FanDuel. And the best thing about FanDuel is that they have an easy-to-use and safe-to-use app as well as the best props and odds. And basically, you could bet on anything. I mean, I'm sure if you look close enough, you you scour the website right now, you could probably bet on how this show is going to end. I bet they have odds there as well. So check that out at FanDuel. So football fans, we have the, the conference games coming up this week. And so place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel the official sportsbook partner of the nfl so once again thank you for listening to the thursday edition of locked on nhl um yeah we got we got seth tuple on the show a little bit of a change we still we're still keeping the theme though with a western conference host you know we couldn't i don't think people would be able to handle two eastern conference hosts if we were able to to find someone but if seth wasn't able to go you know especially if uh you know usually if if chris is uh not on the show we usually have armando velez from locked on panthers and i don't know if any people a lot of people would have been able to handle an all atlantic division conference uh division just uh talking about that so you know we're mixing it up still here uh so looking at the eastern conference seth we not as i would say as exciting as maybe as the West Western Conference, the uh, wild card race, we got Pittsburgh and Washington tied at 56 points. Uh, all the divisions pretty much look decided, barring some catastrophic fall from grace, which I wouldn't rule it out if it were to happen. I mean, there are, there is one team that sticks out to me that 
could potentially go on a little bit of a losing a bit and that's the New York Rangers but I think it all depends on how well Pittsburgh and Washington play um looking at the wild card behind them outside of that the fringe teams I would say team the fringe team really is uh the Buffalo Sabres uh you know we were sp- talking about the Kraken in the Western Conference being the biggest surprise I would have to say the Buffalo Sabres are definitely the biggest surprise if I guess you know we could say the Devils but the the Buffalo Sabres, I think, are definitely one of the bigger surprises overall in the NHL this year. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, 100%. You've got such a young roster that is full of such intriguing talent. You've got a budding superstar in Tage Thompson. You've got former Minnesota Wild center Alex Tuck on the team, and he's going nuts. So it is a roster that it feels like is starting to really gel at the right time. The biggest worry with the Sabres is going to be on that back end defensively and between the pipes too, is does that sustain throughout the rest of the season in a playoff chase when you're trying to duke it out with as loaded of a roster as the Penguins have with Alex Ovechkin, who can take over a game anytime he wants to. That's, that's kind of where I worry is if you are going to overtake some of these teams, you got to be able to try to slow them down. Outscoring them is fun, but a lot of times you got to come up with a way to try to slow down your opponents. And I just, I don't know if Buffalo really has that yet. Yeah, Buffalo is one of those teams, and I've been saying it about them all season long. Where, and you could you could have said the same thing about the Red Wings the last couple of years. Is that the talent's there? I mean, there's no doubt about it. it it's just the 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 youth that you you spoke about, and and. The issue really what it comes down to with youth in the NHL, and we see this with every young team and team that's building, is that it's about finishing games. And if you can't finish a game in the NHL, you know, the chances of you getting into the playoffs or even having a chance at sniffing a playoff spot, it's going to be tough. And we're seeing that with the New York Rangers here and there last night, for example, uh, having the game tied, leaving Mitch Marner pretty much alone in the low slot. Uh, with only seconds left and then losing that game in overtime that that's a that's the kind of thing that kills your season depending on how many times you let that happen and that's kind of been the the issue for the Sabres this year but listen they score in bunches they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL which is insane to think about considering you know like you you spoke about some of the players on this team so I wouldn't rule it out if we see them potentially make that that one last push as for in terms of do they have the personnel to do that? I don't think so. I think they need to make a deal, some sort of deal. Then again, do you really, if you're the GM of the Sabres, Seth, you know, put on your GM hat, are you really going to make a deal, especially when you're in the middle of a rebuild, for a Patrick Kane or a Timo Meyer, you know, someone like that that could potentially push you over the top to where, you know, it's not going to amount to a Stanley Cup run, but it could get you to the second round. Yeah, you got to weigh it because you got to take into consideration, too, the fact that you've got the Boston Bruins having one of the greatest seasons in the history of the NHL. And so are you going to be able to, with whatever move you make, are you going to be able to go toe-to-toe and beat them in a series? Maybe, maybe not. Probably more like not. And so at that point, then, 
do you want to make some complimentary moves just to try to get some playoff experience for these guys? I don't think that's a bad idea. It's just, I always look at it. If there are clear cut teams that you're going to go up against, does it make sense to just kind of hold off and wait for a year in which not everything goes right for them? Because I mean, Boston has lost nine games so far this season. Fastest team to 80 points in the history of the NHL. Historic season. Obviously, a lot has gone right for them. Are they going to be able to replicate that and do it again next year? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't even want to get into Boston right now. But that, <laughs> that, that, that whole they, – they were not supposed to be this good this year, Seth. And it, it, it's like they're playing on easy. And, and Linus Olmark is upgraded to all 99s. It's ridiculous. I don't want to talk about it. But <laughs> – Getting back, as you can tell, it's a little bit of a sore spot for me. But getting back to just, yeah, Buffalo. And and Kevin Adams has made it clear. He was on the Jeff Merrick show about a couple of weeks or so ago. Basically stated that, you know, if we're going to lose talent or or deviate from the plan that we have to continue to grow, then we're not going to make that deal. And I completely understand. I, I get where he's coming from. I mean, why would you? Why would you at this point in time? So I think it really all it falls on now is kind of just continue to play your game. Uh, go out there and, you know, limit limit the, the mistakes. Uh, play discipline at the end of the games. And you kind of have to have a little bit of wishful thinking out there. Hopefully, you know, Washington and, and Pittsburgh's two of, you know, to have both aging cores here and there. You got to hope that those guys start to burn out. I mean, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to slow down anytime soon. I think if Buffalo happens to get even remotely close to that second spot in the wild card, you're going to have to really look upwards. Like I alluded to before, you're going to have to look at the Rangers because that's the team I think is most susceptible to falling out. And, you know, because I don't think they're going to catch Tampa. I don't think Buffalo is going to catch Tampa. They're, they're eight points behind right now, and, and my boys have been playing pretty good over the last month or so. But, I, I mean, you know, the, the, the opportunities or, you know, the, the variables are very limited in the Eastern Conference. And, and so, I mean, do you see any scenario or any team losing steam? I, I mean, perfect situation, perfect world. Boston just never – wins another game and collects another point for the rest of the season. But, you know, one can dream. But, Seth, do you see another team other than the New York Rangers, any maybe the New Jersey Devils, another team who has just had a phenomenal season? I mean, I was a little bit of a non-believer in the Devils early on. I thought there's no way they could sustain this. And then we hit Thanksgiving. We hit Christmas. We're in the new year now. We're on January 26th, and they're holding pretty firm in the Metropolitan. So are are we looking at a potential Rangers meltdown to allow a New York State team to get into the playoffs or even get remotely close to a playoff spot? About the only way that I could see, because I think he is also the great equalizer that has kept this team in one of those top three spots, is if Shesterkin were to get injured. You know, and that's not something you can necessarily plan for. Right. So if everything goes according to plan, I think he's good enough, even when their offense struggles, to keep them in it because he is going to give you 
he's going to give you a good performance pretty much every time he's out there. And so yeah. he'll give you a few games that you maybe shouldn't have won that he steals. And unless he's not in the lineup, I, I think he is enough to keep the Rangers in one of those top three spots. And so then at that point, like you said, you're you're hoping for something to spiral out of control with Pittsburgh or the Capitals. Beyond that, it seems like everybody else is pretty set. Yeah, that that's that's the one thing that, you know, kind of makes the Western Conference race a little bit more exciting is that, you know, we could we could look at this this race in the wild card in about a month and, you know, it could completely flip on its head. Uh, whereas, yeah, the, the Eastern Conference a uh, little bit more set in stone, very much likely going to stay that way unless barring some catastrophic meltdown, like you said, possibly an injury to a, to a big time star uh, there, namely goaltending. Cause as we all know, goaltending is key is King in the NHL. So there's that as well, but yeah, let us know below in the comments below everybody. I know my Ranger fans who love to come out of the woodworks and troll me all the time. Um, we'll probably have something to say about this, but let us know below uh, on our YouTube channel. What do you think about these races? Are you more excited about the West? Are you more excited about the East? I'm a little biased. I'm more excited about the East just because it kind of gives you a preview of who the Lightning might see in, in future map matchups as they go for their fourth straight Stanley Cup final appearance. But that's definitely going to that's definitely going to make some people mad. But yeah, who's yeah, counting? Uh, who's, counting? <laughs> who's counting? Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let us know uh, and follow the accounts. Uh, follow both our accounts on social media as well. Let us know. Do you disagree with Seth? Do you disagree with me? Follow Seth at Seth Toops. On Twitter, follow me at Danky Dank, D-N-K-Y-D-8-N-K. So wrapping things up, Seth, we've spoken, we've broken down each wild card. We've broken down each outside candidates to possibly sneak in or, in your case, sneak back in to the playoff discussion. What are your predictions now? Because this is, this is, listen, you haven't been on the NHL, the Locked on NHL Thursday edition. We, we're pretty intense about our predictions here and, and. Most of the time, we we pretty much nail them. So you know, you might have some good uh, some good juju uh, flying around here on the Thursday edition. So, what are your predictions for both these playoff races? Uh, I'll go with the I'll go with the West first. Chris Chris is going to like this. Um, I still think Dallas ends up on top in the Central. Colorado at number two. Mm, I think okay. they will. I think they will leapfrog, leapfrog the Jets but I don't think the Jets will fall out of those top three. So I think that's pretty set. Um, I'm going to actually go Seattle, Kings, Edmonton in the West because I think Vegas is starting to take on a little water. I'll say that the Golden Knights get wild card number one, and then I'm going to go with my squad to take wild card number two. All right. I like it. I like it. Those I, I and, and you're absolutely right. Chris is going to love that. Um, my predictions for the West. Um, I think everything stays the same except the wild card. Now the wild card, and, and I've kind of been alluding to this over the last couple of weeks here and there. 
I think we see Calgary and Minnesota in the wild card. I think Edmonton completely runs out of steam as the as the next couple of months unfold. And you know, listen, Conor McDavid's been having a phenomenal season this year, uh, and but the guy can't do it all every single night. You know, right. he so far he's proven he can until he can't. And I think in the next couple of weeks we're going to start to see that. I mean. Yeah, he still he'll still get his points, but I mean, when you know you're when you're dropping four points a night and the other team is still scoring five, you know, there's a little bit of an issue there in math. So, yeah, I say Minnesota and Calgary sneak in one and two in the wild card, and Connor McDavid's on his couch come playoff time. Well, Ken Holland, uh, Ken Holland might join him then. <laughs> yeah, a tough situation out there in Edmonton for any uh, coach that wants to get, take that job. So, looking at the Eastern Conference. Um, same a little bit of the same there are you seeing some flip-flopping are you everything staying still or are we seeing a mass turnaround uh come the end of the season in so the it's conference? it's funny because i look at the top three in each division in the east i mean nobody's going to catch boston unless they lose their entire top nine and their goalie and a couple of guys on defense so I think, I think the Atlantic, I think those top three are set. I think the Metropolitan, I, those top three are set with the possibility that Carolina and New Jersey maybe flip, depending on how things go with the Hurricanes. Um, they've, been, they've been great all season. They yeah. haven't really had a stretch yet where you kind of slip, but if they did, then that would be an opportunity for New Jersey to hop in. And I just, I don't know. I, I love the story of the Sabres. I love what they have been able to do. Um, they can score in bunches. They have a lethal power play. But you need some of those other components to be there consistently to get into the postseason. And I just, I just don't know if that's going to be enough for them to get in solely based off of their offense. And so... I will say that the two wild card spots do not change for the Eastern Conference. And I think the eight that are in right now will be the eight that will be in at the end of the season. All right. All right. Yeah, with me with the East, I I think the divisions are pretty much set at this point. Um yeah, Boston is just otherworldly at this point. Uh as much as it burns me up i i mean i gotta say they've been playing phenomenal hockey this year and yeah i have to agree with you is unless they lose every single guy on the team i i don't think we're gonna see any slowdown from them uh the metropolitan 100 depends on what the hurricanes do uh they're one of the best teams at home this year uh so it really you know they're gonna have to maximize the most of their games on the road you know it's that's where obviously you know not that much that far of a drop off in terms of difference of record between home and away. But at the same time, we all know how bad things could get uh, once you hit that first pebble, once you get that first pebble in your shoe on the road. So uh, we'll have to sit and wait with them Um, with the, with the wild card. I think just Pittsburgh is just too experienced. I, I mean, at this point, it's really silly to count them out. They got off to a slow start this year. Everyone's like, Oh my goodness. Is this the beginning of the end? And here we are in January talking about them being in the wild card and everything's all right in Pittsburgh. The Capitals, though, I, they're a team. I don't know. They, I just I see them play. And it kind of 
goes back to what I said about Edmonton, you know, hanging too much on the hat of, of Connor McDavid. Sort of a similar situation here with Washington, with Alexander Ovechkin. He's proven over the last couple of years while chasing Gretzky that he's he's getting better. I mean, he's not slowing down, but eventually his age is going to have to show. Now, whether that be next year or the year after or in the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months, because Seth, I mean, when it comes down to it, he can't he can't carry this team into because we've seen what that ha- how that works out in the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying that's a reason to justify them missing the playoffs, but I don't know. I, I just feel like playing in the Metropolitan Division, those teams beat up on each other all season long. Can can the Capitals sustain uh, playing at this level, holding on to a playoff spot? Because we know Buffalo is going to continue to play well. Can they can they continue to move forward while looking over their shoulder? Uh, really, you know, the grade eight's going to have to show how great he is by keeping that team on the right track heading into the playoffs to end the season. Yeah, he's he's going to have to do it at the same rate that he has been all season. Yeah. And they're going to need to get some of those guys that have just returned from in- injury, Backstrom most notably. Yeah. They're going to have to get them to contribute at something similar to to what Backstrom has been um, in order to uh, to keep that spot. Yeah, uh, losing Backstrom was a, was a big loss for them. And <clears throat> I really thought that was going to be the beginning of the end for them, but here we are talking about them right right in the thick of it. Uh, let us know below because as of this show on January 26th, uh, the Penguins and the Capitals are tied at 56 points in the wild card. Buffalo's three points behind. Uh, the only team, like I stated before, that is within sort of shouting difference, the uh, distance uh, for those two teams, uh, Buffalo, I mean, Pittsburgh and Washington is the New York Rangers at 60 points. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on them as well. I would like to see Buffalo as much as I hate playing against them, them being in the same division as lightning. They're a fun team and they got a lot of good young players and you know, you, you love stories like that. And, and really the fans in Buffalo deserve a, a little bit of a playoff run after everything that they've been in going from Jack Eichel to, to this whole rebuild that's been going on. So, you know, they, de- they definitely deserve it. So yeah, we'll we'll keep a vigil eye on all that in the next coming weeks as we continue our coverage of some of these fringe teams, as well as you know some of the teams that might fall uh, out completely into it. Who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened. So, Seth, once again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for filling in. Uh, good luck to you and your team. I, I really hope the Wild get in. You know, they're 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 a tough team. They're a team that I think you know once they get in, anything can happen. And yeah, I mean, a team coming from the state of hockey deserves to be in the playoffs. Yeah, it just it wouldn't feel right without it. So there are some things that this team needs to clean up, some self-inflicted mistakes, the bad penalties, the turnovers, that sort of thing. But it feels like that's something that can be corrected. Yeah. Now they're going to need some guys to step in to fill some of the scoring, the lack of scoring. Yeah. But if they do that, we've seen them get on nice runs at points throughout this season. They can certainly do it again. Yeah, they certainly can. All right. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep an eye on them. They're, they're my Western conference team. 
And I'm not just saying that because Chris is not here to give me a bad look. I'm going to say this next week <laughs> and, and see the eyes pop out of his head. So, uh, yeah, that's my Western Conference team. I'm rooting for the Wild now because I, I want to see them in it. Uh, and they are a team that definitely plays, uh, you know, hockey that you could roll out there on every single night. So we'll keep an eye on them. So thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL show. I'm Adam Danker. He's Seth Tupel. We'll talk to you on – 